Hey, everybody. You've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, August 9th, 2022, and we will be chatting about the week of Friday, August 12th. So close. Man, almost. Not almost quite a Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah, and that keeps coming. Someone invited me to a thing on Saturday, and I was like, ooh, a Saturday the 13th <laughs> spooktacular. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to go. And then you invited me something on Sunday. So yeah. if I want, I've got plans all weekend or not. Yeah, one of our advertisers, Fanaticon, it's gave funny. us some free passes. <laughs> it's, the name sometimes trips us up. but Oh, it's totally... Yes. I, I keep on thinking I'm adding an extra syllable or not putting in a syllable. Fantasticon uh, is fun. That must be a thing. Like, all of these are real things somewhere in the world, I'm sure. Every geek fest probably has to go through a list mm-hmm. and be like, oh, we're so close. Because you could just add a word. You could say, like, regional Fantasticon. I already forgot the name of it. Fanaticon. <laughs> Especially I with was. domains, right? Fanaticon, Ottawa, Fanaticon, oh, Baltimore. Yeah, so it's like fancon dash ot dash on dot <laughs> yeah, but it is, if you're in the Ottawa area, there is a cool geek fest on Sunday, and they gave us some free passes, so I doled them out to the staff as geeks who wanted them, mm-hmm. and then have a few left over to give to super fans and some neighbors and stuff. But And we're doing a call-in contest right now. Right now, What's call in, 1-800-MAYFAIR. That'd be a great bit if we did it. We're like, we never record this like live, we never <laughs> yeah. release it live, you know? So people are like, oh, I know the answer to that one. And it, last time I went, they had one... God, everything's a blur. They had one during these times because mm-hmm. we were walking around in masks. With Lee, I believe. And yeah. you invited me to that one too and I did the same. And this is like close to my house. So it's exactly. like I really have no excuse <laughs> to not go to this. And yet it's Sunday morning and I'm like, but that's... You can go Sunday afternoon. I, even the Lord took Sunday off. Like, <laughs> oh, now I'm going to a fantastical con. I can't be doing that. I found some really good stuff last time, including the NHLPA oh. 93... Which is the one in the movie Swingers mm. that they're playing and they make Gretzky's head bleed. And it was Sega? Sega. Sega Genesis. I still have my Sega, so that hits me in the feels. I've been looking for this dumb game forever. And <laughs> the way things are now, I thought it would be $100 in plastic. But I got it for 5 bucks. Yeah. Very happy. Do you have a Sega? Or, oh, no, you I have do. the thing, the adaptee thing, right? Exactly. Okay. I have a You're modern good. Sega, but you could put real sega games Damn. in them can you put 32x games in them no like not the, i don't know why you'd be doing unless that. unless there's but... some kind of adapter <laughs> and then but... at that point you're like what am i do? i <laughs> yeah. just bought all these weird adapty things just to make this happen you're like what well, this sucked i remember sega cd mm-hmm. and i love sega so i don't want to kick sega but i think sega cd was bad the second it came out yeah and I remember playing some kind of... Desert Shark or something? That's the only Sewer one I remember. Shark? Sewer Shark? That might, yeah, I think that's right. And just, even at the time, it was live action, <laughs> but so clunky. Yeah. And just so were, 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 thinking, thinking, thinking. I would love to play that now. It's probably very frustrating. You almost can, but you know, <laughs> probably, you, need, yeah. you need 17 more adapters and you're good. Yeah, it's just a fun little one-day convention that I think the future is going to lean towards that more and more. Mm-hmm. I think people are getting tired of paying 100 bucks to go to a convention for a couple days, yeah. and there's some D-grade celebrity charging 75 bucks for an autograph, mm-hmm. where you can go to this nice little one-day con. There's a couple local creators. You, it's like flea market style. Mm-hmm reasonable price to get in they're giving away all kinds of prizes so you'll be there i'll be there so i mean that's already you're not part of the thing but you could have been if you wanted i mean i asked i tried to but i think they were all 
nerded up already. It'd be amazing if you brought your own table and just like set. <laughs> it's not even the same type of table. You just set up in the corner like some organizer volunteer kid is walking by looking at like, a map. Wait a minute. And I'm like, what? <laughs> You're like, you looking for something? It's like, hey, did you work here? I'm like, no, I didn't actually even pay to be here. So, uh, yeah. And I just have a really bad Photoshop <laughs> press badge. Oh, VIP is spelt wrong somehow. <laughs> like, it doesn't even make sense. Busy weekend coming up. Yeah. But even if you go to that, you can still have time to come to movies. So that's all good. For sure. For sure going to be good stuff playing. Possibly a cinema. For sure a cinema. For sure a cinema. Took me a second. I'm not good at advertising Already. these Cinema's things. Cinema's all over the place. I know. Like, didn't that just happen? Yeah. And I don't say that in a bad way because like i wish it was every night but oh well no that's too much every night that would be insane but i have to comment on last week because a funny thing happened <laughs> in the very 11th hour our schedule got changed up mm-hmm. and this happens sometimes usually not so late that we had made a podcast and press releases gone out and 100 percent of social media in terms of our little digital flyer put on Facebook and the website and Instagram and everything. Just so much work had been done. All the work that well, happened. The old timey thing out front with the everything. All that was done. Yeah. The little in-house photocopying we do for people who actually want to pick up a physical media flyer. <laughs> so we had a double rental on Monday and Tuesday night, which was great for us. A big get. Basically, a company comes in, rents the place for the whole night. They do a yay for us and watch a movie. They were bringing in an outside restaurant to Ooh. to feed their people. Fancy. And Candy Bar was going to be open. Okay. Which is, and I mean open in the terms of a buffet. Okay. Oh, wow. So, and they're paying at the end of the night. Exactly. Kind of nice. So, over both nights, if they were expecting 150 people at each event. Wow. Very likely, even though people are usually a little bit shy at these kind of things, kind of. <laughs> at first, anyway. At first, yeah. <laughs> Each person's getting a popcorn and a drink. Oh, yeah. So that was all planned, ready to go. And usually I will just drop a quick email to the person renting because sometimes, and this just happened, a rental could be a couple romantically celebrating an anniversary or a Mm, birthday. For sure, yeah. So when it's two people, I can come in, make a batch of popcorn, and press play on a Blu-ray. and (laughs) Go read Thor comics. Yeah, and we're all good to go. Sometimes it's a field trip for a summer camp, Mm. and it's a 150 screaming (laughs) 10-year-olds. If that happens, I get some backup. Yeah. So I emailed this company, and I was like, do you need anything extra? Do you need something on the marquee? Let me know. And they replied and said, oh, sorry I didn't tell you this. We've been told to halt all of our events because the company is going through turmoil. Jeez. I almost don't want to mention the company. Just kind of keep it neutral. But if you research this, you could probably figure it out. Yeah. And I was a little upset because I was like, oh, well, thanks for telling us. And I really think that if I had not checked in on what their attendance numbers were, myself and the staff, because I was going to come in because it's a big event, you know, myself and the staff and the restaurant would be here and we'd be like, huh, it's 615. How come they're not here yet? Nobody told the restaurant even? No. And what happened is the day after I found that out yeah the restaurant emailed me and because they've done stuff here before uh-huh. and said hey josh just checking in when's convenient for us to show up without yeah. interrupting your matinee screening <laughs> you need 300 briskets or something <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> and i emailed back and i was like oh no dude Oof. here's what happened and they were upset yeah they obviously. hadn't been told either so that happened god and so what that meant for us especially nowadays it just meant Lee had to go back in and contact the media, reshuffle things, all that kind of stuff. I had to go back and 
figure out staffing that had to be switched around and it just you everyone's think, just mad like, yeah and every single thing put on social media had to change because yeah. now we were filling in those nights <laughs> with two more nights of screenings and that idiot paul is talking about stuff that's <laughs> yeah. not even screening anymore so it was a lot of work right on cue we had booked hallelujah okay. for a second week last week they backed out on us what so last week hallelujah did not play it is back this week, the week of Friday, August 12th. Wait, oh, now they're coming back. We hope. <laughs> okay, true, true. We don't even know. So that happens sometimes because they've decided to, I don't know, book somewhere else. And the other cinema said, no, we don't want it playing somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's all a mess. So then that happened, Man. which meant we had to book a brand new film. So then a documentary called Fire of Love from National Geographic Ooh. came in. So that has been going well. But... It's just so much work at the last minute. And on that day, I had a tattoo scheduled. Oh, right. So I had cleared my schedule. Other people Wait, were wasn't working. was on my birthday? Yeah, on your birthday. Okay, so all this went down on my birthday? On your birthday. It's your fault. <laughs> I'm watching Nope at some other theater. I yeah. mean, that didn't happen is How what I meant you? to say. Oh, my God. And so then, side story, I fell off my bike. Oh, God. In the most lame, undramatic way. Oh, no. I was up here... If you're familiar with our neighborhood at the library, from where I live, I can bike past the rich people along the kind of southeast side of the canal. Shaking your fist. Shaking my fist. Why are you so rich? (laughs) And I came to a full and complete stop waiting for the lights to change. And I think I was Jedi Force pushed. And I didn't kind of wobble and go, oh, no. (laughs) Like, I was up and then I was down. (laughs) And I think what I did is like, lifted my right foot or something and my bike wheels just went whop <laughs> so then i'm on the ground broken and bleeding oh my confused God. and so luckily i postponed my tattoo appointment because if not all this would have been going down while i was getting tortured in a tattoo parlor oh god and you hurt yourself in the exact spot they were gonna tattoo as well correct <laughs> oh my god oh it was a mess and so i'm looking down at my leg <laughs> bleeding with a big goose egg going ah come on Gwen's like your new tattoo looks terrible like they didn't <laughs> yeah. even try so the tattoo worked out everything worked out but it's just it was a lucky twist of fate that at least that happened because if not the way the world works now i would have been getting tattooed sending out emails and doing stuff on my phone because the life of an independent business, and I was laughing about this with my tattoo artist, and he said, you have to be a workaholic. You can't stop. And I'm sure it's the same if you own a knitting store or a restaurant or a bookstore. There's times where you're just laying in bed working on your phone Mm -hmm. where it wouldn't be as fun, but if you were just an employee working nine to five, you're done. You You didn't even get that option here. No, yeah. (laughs) You're an employee here. You're working whenever you're here, basically. So that was the adventure. So sorry if anybody tuned in last week and was like, why aren't you talking about Fire of Love? Yeah, and who the hell's this third guy? Yeah, who's that guy? <laughs> oh, I miss Paul. Yeah, that was good. He, he messaged me like the day after and was like, oh man, I really want to do that again. If you guys need another guest. And I was like, well, now we're, you're doing it from LA. Yeah. We got to figure that out. <laughs> no, that's not happening. Like, you got to come back here. Or we have to go there, and then we can see our other friends from L.A., you know. He did have a voice for radio, though. For sure. Did you listen to it? And a face for radio, too. Ha, burn. Yeah. No, but he said it. Well, it's weird, too, for me, because I'm familiar with his voice, so it's, like, less odd. It's still a bit odd, but less so. Yeah, I mean, it went fine, and, like, he thought, he kept, afterwards, he was like, oh, did I talk too much? I felt like I talked too much. He talked, like, when I might have been talking or something like that. And I was like, no, I was just 
I was hanging back to let you talk because I'm going to be on here every other time. Yeah, he's <laughs> telling us all the L.A. stories yeah. about seeing Luke Cage and yeah. and his brother-in-law owning movie trucks. Yeah, and it all worked out totally fine. And then Emily was like, oh, I'm going to listen to it, but like I can wait and we can listen to it together. And I was like, nah, but then that's – if you listen to it without me, then it's like I'm there. So that's fun for you. <laughs> yeah. And then I can just listen whenever – you know, it doesn't matter. I was there. Yeah, I've already heard it. Although I never remember it until I'm listening to it later. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like I remember that that bit. I like it when Gwen is listening to the podcast and then I come home and then that kind of hurts her brain a bit because I'm elsewhere, but yeah. she's hearing my voice. Do you and... ever lip sync with yeah. yourself? Because I do that to Emily and she thinks it's the funniest thing where I'll be in the background and I'll just lip sync to myself and it just cracks her up. It's like, like having a hologram. Yeah. Like it's so it's so fun. It's like so the simple pleasures that people doing podcasts can do to their wives, I guess. And then did he escape fine? Yeah, it seemed like everything went good, okay, good. and like I don't know if he slept on the plane. Like, not really possible most of the time. Oh god, like, and he was taking the red eye both ways, so we got it up at oh I don't know six, whatever it was, and we went to bed at six. Like, no, we probably went to bed yeah. at like three, and then <laughs> we had three hours of quote unquote sleep. And then I was like, okay, we're not going to put you in an Uber. We will get up and drive you, aka Emily will drive you, and I'll be in the car, and that'll be our last little visit. But it's like that's not much of a visit. You're just you're all just tired sitting there. You're like, oh, uh, uh, good trip, uh, uh, you yeah. know, safe flight. Uh, I'm gonna miss you, you know, all that. Like it's always great. But then we just literally went home and went to bed for a few hours and got up and we we're like, what happened? Well, it's funny because. I don't think he'll mind me saying this, but our projectionist, <laughs> you. our projectionist Marcus, who has so many interesting stories, who's been in the trenches for a couple decades, mm-hmm. is too shy to do a podcast. Yeah, and then someone like Paul just gets peer pressured into it. Yeah. and tells all kinds of relevant to movie adjacent stories mm-hmm. and is comfortable. But some people just don't, and especially a podcast, it's not like we have. Eight cameras and a and a crew in here. We should. We should. We should. Our, our <laughs> vodcast would be very interesting for our YouTube show. We could have just said that he was Marcus and just we been could. like, because nobody knows. They don't know what he sounds like. We're like, oh, here's Marcus, our projectionist, and uh, I don't know. He's going to tell you about movies from LA. Weirdly, I don't know why. You just got to trick Marcus, get him to sit here and be like, no, no, that's not on. Yeah, the mic thing might be hard, but if we were, we could hide them around the room. I feel like we yeah. could pull that off and then just. I don't know. I guess we need his consent or just to tell him to never listen to the podcast. I don't know. Yeah, it's funny because so I worked last night, a rarity. Whenever I'm working, it's like if you're a hockey team and the fourth backup goalie's working. Yeah. If I'm working on a Monday, that means other people are busy, have a birthday (laughs) or screwing you over. Yeah. But somebody asked to use the phone to call a taxi because they didn't have a cell phone. And as in, they didn't have a cell phone. Yeah. And it was, I don't know, maybe someone around my age, you know, maybe a bit younger, mm. 30s, 40s. And I didn't say anything. And I don't think he'll be listening now, because if you don't <laughs> own a cell phone, I have a feeling you're probably not a podcast listener. No, we can really dig into this guy. <laughs> so yeah, so nothing negative, but just that was the first time in a long time that I ran into a grown-up who didn't have a cell phone. Yeah. Gwen's grandma has a cell phone. <laughs> Even my mom. Oh, yeah. Who... Not only as a cell phone, we pretty much devolved into only texting. Mm-hmm. So it's just funny every once in a while where 
it felt like old timey where somebody was leaving the cinema and asking to use our phone to call a taxi cab. Yeah, my mom has a tablet. She's got the cell phone and the tablet. She doesn't even use her computer anymore. She just uses her tablet and phone, which means there's literally 99 tabs open at all times. <laughs> and I'm always like, okay, if you, you know, do this or that, your phone will go faster. But it's like, hey, you know what? Baby steps. It's fine. When we taught my mom how to use Disney Plus and Tubi and CBC mm. on her phone, like a remote control. So, but yeah, so it's interesting that you would think, I wonder how close the closest payphone was to here hmm. back in the day. I bet you there was one on Bank and Sunnyside. For or, sure. I don't remember payphones. I'm sure there must have been one, but I've just negated them out of my brain. But there must have been payphones in the neighborhood when I was in high school. Wasn't there one in the library at one point? Or am I oh, totally God. imagining that? I thought there was one on the outside, inside, yeah. where that first... I, that might be a complete fabrication, but I thought there was. It's funny just someone using <laughs> the phone. I'm like, we don't use our phone here. Yeah, actually, every time I see a payphone, I'm always like, aw. Yeah. <laughs> God, I haven't been there in a little while, but there was one on gilmore near bank or so yes and i maybe even two actually. i think they just forgot yeah. like i think it's just i don't even know if it still works i'd be afraid to touch it yeah but i always feel like that with those <laughs> random ones or sometimes i see it and this is like i never seen them at all but whenever I've, I've seen one dangling you know like not oh. hung up and that kills me i want to hang that up why i don't know like it's just it's crushing me like i, I need to have that be why because is someone gonna call no they're not gonna call like but or if, you pick that up and say hello and you get into a wacky adventure whoa, like the well not like the black phone at all but i mean that's i just thought of that but it was uh, or um dirty harry i think he had to call him on dirty harry or something like that but i don't want that what a murderer is calling me now i don't want that it is one of those things that there are certain technological advances or changes to our society that completely change the way you write a screenplay because as soon as cell phones became prevalent Mm -hmm. every horror film had to have some exposition to say why they aren't using cell phones If there was a Friday the 13th movie made right now, they have to be like, oh, we don't have service in the woods. Or someone has to fall and break their phone or Mm -hmm. something. Well, it's usually, oh, out of service or like, oh, no bars. That's kind of the thing. Like, but that is an obligatory thing because if you don't say that, then everyone's like, what? Cell phone, use cell phone. I remember distinctly in Scream 95, 96. Yeah, 96. That Sydney got on her computer and DM'd. 911. Yeah. Or emailed 911. And I remember watching that in 96 and being like, the future. Or like the Pelican Brief where she ordered a pizza online. Whoa. Which I think was like 95. Or the Cell, which was about the horrors of cellular technology. Yeah. That. Wait. Where's that? Cell was about that. Oh, Cell. The Cell is the good one. Cell was the terrible one. The Cell is like the crazy supernatural in your brain. Yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio and Jennifer Lopez and Vince Vaughn in a non-comedic role. And then the other one is... (laughs) Cell, which was Sandy Bullock worse. being scared of cell phones. That's that's Pelican Brief. Sal was the one with uh, <laughs> with uh, what's his name well, Samuel Jackson and Pushing Tin. Okay, well, okay, no. Then there's another one called Cell an- <laughs> that is Sandra Bullock in the '90s, and the cell phone is trying to get her. Oh, is it cellular? Oh, maybe because I know there's one called Cellular, but uh, yeah, maybe that is it. Because I thought it was Kim Basinger, but I'm just throwing out. I love. Keeping the conversation flowing and not checking the internet. Yeah. So listeners are furious with us. And none of us are wrong. We just keep coming up with other movies by a very similar or the same title. Yeah. 
because there was one that I thought was cellular, but it was the one where it was like someone's locked in a trunk and they're trying to, maybe that's a Jennifer Lopez one where they're like trying to call and it's like, oh, I'm locked in a trunk and a guy's got me and I'm, help me. There's one where Deadpool is in a casket. <laughs> that's buried. Buried. <laughs> Which is great. That's yeah. a really tense movie. Like highly recommended, even though it's not cell related. Well, he has a cell, so. Yeah, that's why I thought about it. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> These are all for our upcoming cell phone <laughs> film festival oh my god at least one of them's gonna be good but like the cell I, I don't, someone <laughs> must use a cell phone in the cell at some point we're gonna play all these yeah but these are good these are not how i thought i'd remember these movies no. but you know this is the most anyone's ever talked about cell the cell <laughs> and cellular for years yeah and pelican brief quite frankly when i put this in the description these are all gonna pop up on those little windows at the bottom yeah. where they say this episode is about, and you're gonna be like, "Why did they talk about?" All also, these? clearly, I was talking about the net, not the Pelican Brief. Even though, oh yeah, it's, they were literally two years apart, and she uses a computer in Pelican Brief, but yeah. does not order a pizza, to my knowledge. That was the net, which also had a spinoff TV show, which was terrible. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so this is all like <laughs> related in various ways, but also not at all. Okay, let's talk about movies we are actually screening. <laughs> if we're not playing a cell-related film, I'm going to be furious. <laughs> there has to be a cell phone in one of these movies. Yeah, they have to. Okay, so as mentioned, we hope we are actually screening Hallelujah this week. That'd be nice. And we didn't slag anyone involved no, with that. You know, happen. <laughs> we want it to be here, and, and it probably it will back. be. Yeah. As I mentioned before, even though I'm not a Leonard Cohen aficionado, I'm Canadian, which means I like Leonard Cohen. For sure. But I actually learned some cool stuff about the music biz and how weird it is and how Leonard Cohen could write a song and then rewrite a song and then two other people could cover it and then it could be in a Shrek movie Mm -hmm. and each one has different lyrics and different things and how it evolves and how it's a flop and then Mm -hmm. a hit and it's very, very interesting amongst the Leonard Cohen stories. I think the first half hour is Leonard Cohen Mm -hmm. and then an hour and a half, an hour 15 minutes is... Hallelujah. Yeah. I remembered that a favorite cult filmmaker of mine, Frank D'Angelo from Toronto, one of his films, uh, No Deposit, he sings a version of Hallelujah in it. I kind of cracked up when it, because you're just not expecting it, you know, in the middle of this movie, this gangstery type film. And I was like, wait, is that the main actor and director and writer singing this cover of Hallelujah? And it was. How did he afford that? I, I, that's a good question too. Because we all know how, especially big songs like that, Beatles songs, yeah. uh, Bob Dylan, cost a fortune and some movies don't use them because of that i wonder if it well because he's canadian and it was shot in canada some like tax credit thing that you're able to god because obviously like covering it is cheaper than licensing the song itself did he get like a two hundred thousand dollar arts grant and spend it all on hallelujah (laughs) or was it you know wink wink scenario where you're just like yeah yeah you know maybe maybe you get 200 spaghetti dinners at my restaurant (laughs) and maybe i get to do this song I got to look into that now. That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't. And, you know, that's not the kind of thing I thought of when I just blurted that out at an hour. But you bring up a good point. And why isn't that in the Hallelujah documentary? That's a great question, too. I think it should be, personally. I know that he did a music video for it. So, you know. Wow, that should be in the director's cut. It ought to be. Okay, and then our new film this week is called Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Oh, now that I love. And everything about it. The poster is awesome. And it is about a... 1950s cleaning lady who falls in love with haute couture and gets into the world of Christian Dior and all that kind of stuff. So it's one of those blue-collar characters crashes a rich people scenario, and it's one of those movies that you can 
bring mum to under the category of a movie you could bring mum to perfect our bread and butter basically yeah the ongoing joke of <laughs> we play grown-up movies and we are a grindhouse cinema yeah but you know this one has the best title so it's like why would you not want to come to see this so then a bunch of old stuff in our seemingly weekly tradition our ongoing <laughs> agfa film festival oh man with thanks to the american genre film archive we are screening 40th anniversary presentations of Basket Case. Man, which came out the same year that I also dropped, I guess. I hadn't thought about that. That's one of those weird ones that's like, oh yeah, I guess that is 1982. I've seen this on very poor quality VHS, mm -hmm. so I'm looking forward to seeing it on big screen, restored... I don't know what they shot this on. This yeah. is a very low-budget movie. I wouldn't be shocked if it was like 16 millimeter or something like that. Yeah. Not eight, but you know. And it is funny that there's a, well, not subplot, that it's basically about Siamese twins, which Sisters also kind of was about last oh, week. Oh, yeah. So it's like, I just thought that was so funny. Like, I actually had to double check because I'm like, am I wrong? But I'm pretty sure both of those revolve around Siamese twins. I'm like, <laughs> right. And we got them back-to-back -back genre picks. Like, how fun is that? Well, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch it because... I was working last night, but Lee came to watch She Devils on oh, right. Wheels, and I got to poke my head in a couple times. It looks so good. It looks Man. so good. It probably looks better than it did when it first came out. Guaranteed. And there's just a couple shots of these ladies on motorbikes, and it's big daylight shot, and they're all wearing these very bright kind of leather jackets and cool helmets. Mm -hmm. And it looked like it was shot yesterday on a high-quality camera. Man. And so I, I love what Agfa's doing, and it's funny, it was just, I don't know what brought it up, but if this is a recent quote, or if stupid Twitter just found this and <laughs> put it back out, which it sometimes does, but Scorsese said something about 50% of movies before 1950 are in great danger of just being lost or are lost. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of the horror of the universe, you yeah. know? None of this is going to last forever, but these little drive-in B-movies like She Devils on Wheels or Basket Case, if not for nerd companies doing these restorations, they would just be gone. Yeah. Well, now we see something like what HBO Max is doing, which is essentially abandoning completed films that may yeah. essentially will never, ever, ever be seen by anyone ever. Okay, wow. And this is now. This is now times, you know. So it's just the fact that we even get to see stuff like this at all is a blessing. Whether it's in a year or 10 years, somebody new is going to take over Warner Brothers and be like, yeah, let's release these movies. Yeah. Especially because by all accounts, from what I understand, and these are the two movies I care about. Yeah. Batgirl is done. Yeah. Like, it's not like they were in the storyboard stage. Mm -hmm. They had Michael Keaton in a Batman costume. Yeah. They had Brendan Fraser. They had Batgirl, the whole thing. So everybody who worked so hard on that movie, and it's almost like a parent telling you, now, while I'm gone, don't watch that R-rated movie and eat those cookies. <laughs> I want to watch that R-rated movie yeah. and eat those cookies. So now, I don't care if Batgirl is as bad as Catwoman. I really want to see this movie Too now. Soon. Too soon. Yes. And then the other movie, I love Scooby-Doo, and it's a Christmas Scooby-Doo movie that the director said the animation is done. Mm -hmm. Like, not rough cut. It's done. And they just scored it a few days ago because they had already paid to have yeah. the space. And so they recorded the score. Like, that's one of the saddest things I've ever heard. They still went through with scoring this whole thing that will never be released. They have to. I can't imagine. Like, again, whether... And it's so ironical that a group of people that frustrated me so much, not all of them, I'm sure, but some of the whole hashtag release the Snyder Cut people. Mm -hmm. Now I'm like, 
Hashtag release Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah, well, and the thing is, like, they basically have put them down as tax write-offs, and so they can never make money off of them. But my thought is, like, is there not some way to release them free? I guess you can't even put them free on HBO Max, because HBO Max is a paid service, so then the tax people could argue that people paid to see them, kind of. Can't they just put it on YouTube? Yeah, see, I guess that's maybe the workaround. Because that's what I'm trying to think. Kind of reminds me a little bit of that Wu-Tang album that they sold oh, for right. a million dollars or whatever. Where you're like, it can't be sold, but it could be released for free. But they're still not doing that, unfortunately. Can't they send us a copy? Yeah, just uh, us, like the Mayfair just Theater. Just us, okay. via digital means. Mm-hmm. So that's easy. And then we screen Batgirl and Scooby-Doo Christmas movie. Yeah. And don't sell tickets. Right. Just let everyone in for free. Yeah. And then we just maybe sell some popcorn. Yeah. I mean. I do that. Dear Warner Brothers. I would say that's a perfectly cromulent plan and there's no reason we can't do that. But somehow I feel like it won't happen. God. And then the director, I'm sorry for him, but released a photo of, because it's co-directors, of his co-director standing in between Batgirl and Batman directing. Yeah. And there's Batman. There's Michael Keaton and he looks great. That's so amazing. Don't we like the directors? Are they well, bad? No, no. The directors are fine. I'm not okay. super familiar with them. I know the last thing they did was a few episodes of Ms. Marvel. Okay. Well, see, and I didn't see it, but Everyone people said Ms. good Marvel. things. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Every time you come to see something like Basket Case, yeah. <laughs> it's good because you're supporting people who actually put out weird little movies and let them see the light of day. Unlike Warner Brothers, who doesn't want you to make movies. Yeah, it's a scary time. And who knows what's going to happen. I mean, there's so many, like, Minx and Harley Quinn and all these shows and, like, Peacemaker, you know, stuff that is acclaimed and people are looking forward to more. And maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. It reminds me of way back when, adjacent to this, is GE bought NBC back in the 80s. What, General Electric? Yeah. And it was one of the first random company buying an entertainment company and not knowing what they were doing. And Letterman had a ball just teasing them and going to their offices and bugging them. And so this is another one of those cases where it's like, and I'm getting this wrong, but it's like AT&T bought the Discovery Channel and then they bought Warner Brothers. So now there's somebody in charge of movies who doesn't care about movies. They just care about, it's the problem with show business, Mm -hmm. right? So hopefully it'll get fixed. I just, I can't imagine, like I said, whether it's a year or 10 years that these movies don't see the light of day somehow yeah it's confusing and the the only like downside to that is just if it was a tax write-off and they're now legally unable to release it at the very least for profit like yeah it's going to be more difficult yeah but i almost feel like they'll leak in some way someone close to oh, yeah. production or whatever that's a whole other thing at yeah. that point and then it's like is it okay to download that <laughs> like you're like torrent's still bad but you're like but wait hbo yeah. bad i don't know who to be if i was michael keaton right now i'd be like come on yeah i'm michael keaton you got to release this movie. And Brandon Fraser, like, come on. We all oh. love him. Like, I mean, and then Darren Aronofsky, not Aaron Darinovsky, totally right. different guy. But his new movie is coming out starring, uh, starring oh, yeah. Brandon Fraser yeah. and, and Sadie Sink from uh, Stranger Things. So, and that's probably going to be amazing. And that'll be his big reintroduction. But it would have right. been cool to like, you know, see him in Bat. I was going to say a Batman movie. I guess it is kind of a Batman movie. Yeah. Bat adjacent. Yeah, so, yeah, it's sad, but yeah, uh. the point of it is it's like, you know, embrace <laughs> when you are able to see stuff, because some days you won't get to see stuff. <laughs> now I'm, like, actually sad. Yeah, sorry. I didn't uh. mean to bring it up, but, okay. you know. Well, let, let's finish this it. up. We got a couple more good movies to talk about. <laughs> so, we are continuing our Hitchcock versus De Palma Ooh. festival. Here we go. With Vertigo versus Obsession. 
that's quite a double bit you know and obsession is one like i don't know as much about i don't think about that one as much as one of ones kind of i forget about to be quite honest like as opposed to vertigo which is just vertigo you know it's another one that some of the reviews are like yeah this is a hitchcock movie mm -hmm. like this is De palma doing hitchcock again plot is a widowed businessman meets up and falls in love with a woman who bears a resemblance to his wife and so it's this weird yeah. like does he love her is she still alive it's mm. messing with his head all this kind of stuff weird one of the great 70s movies and various other reviews as such he develops a bit of an obsession i guess you'd say i would guess so <laughs> it seems like from what you're saying here and then vertigo is vertigo it's yeah many people have it as their favorite movie of all time mm -hmm. but what's funny is at the time despite it being on all these lists now it wasn't nominated for any oscars or at least didn't win any oscars i find that funny like now vertigo you think oh was it nominated for 10 oscars mm -hmm. but no it's interesting to think of movies in the time which get rave reviews and maybe even do well but don't get that kind of recognition mm -hmm. and then years later are on top of the decade list and there's movies like that of fight club was a big flop mm -hmm. scott pilgrim was a big flop i believe fantasia was a big flop yeah and then of course Years later, people are like, oh, these are pretty good. For sure. And it's cool to see Jimmy Stewart return to our screens after a two-week hiatus. After He's been gone months. for so long. Yeah, I know. What did you find was your favorite Western after seeing them all? I would say High Noon. Yeah, same. Yeah, with 310 to Yuma as a close second. Yeah, and uh, Liberty Valance, I have to say, I didn't like as much as I remembered as a kid. Like, it's still amazing and it's a classic, but I think maybe I was spoiled seeing High Noon again because it was so like pulse pounding and so like, tense. Yeah. And then Liberty Valance is like a little more measured and takes its time. It's so good, obviously, but yeah, like High Noon really left an impact on me as, a, as an adult, I guess. Yeah, and you could feel that High Noon and 310 to Yuma, even of the time, were probably slightly more rebellious and mm -hmm. slightly more breaking the mold. Whereas some of the other Westerns we screened, I did not dislike any of them. Yeah. But we're a bit more, ah, there's some white guys in a Western. For sure. And, you know, they're not going to die at the end. And <laughs> the bad guy is going to die, you know, so. And I know that John Wayne is John Wayne. Yeah. But I don't love John Wayne. Nah. And putting aside anything about his real life, just him as an actor, I'm like, yeah, he kind of has that funny walk and weird voice, and yeah. he's John Wayne. Well, it's hard not to laugh at a lot of his lines. Just the way he delivers them, it's just sort of, I guess, almost cliche at this point for being himself. So yes. it's hard not to just, because he's so him, you know? So you're just sort of like, oh my God, just pilgrim. You're like, oh, he said it. And I know it is not an evergreen movie and is likely horribly offensive, but I really want to watch that Genghis Khan movie. Oh, yeah. I really want to watch it. Probably that. won't be here, but I mean... No. <laughs> unless it's after hours, that's the only time you'll be seeing it here. <laughs> yeah. So that's our regular films. And then, as mentioned, we have another Saturday Night Cinema on Saturday, August 13th. It might actually be Lee this time, too. Probably. He's missed so many. Me doing two in a row. And I, and I do have one in my back pocket just in case, you know, but I'm, I'm assuming he actually will. He really does like putting them on. It's just yeah. he's a busy guy. So, yeah. <laughs> and it's late. So, I, you know, but I imagine he's been champing at the bit to get back here and do it. He must have one ready to go. Oh, for sure. He must have a hundred ready to go. <laughs> I mean, come on. Somebody was asking about some movies we only get to screen in the nine o'clock slot mm -hmm. because we have one screen. And not even a complaint, but a couple people were like, oh, can you play this De Palma movie as a matinee? The problem is when we screen Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, we can't screen that at nine o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> That'll screen in a couple matinee slots and a couple 630 slots. And then Vertigo, same thing because it's a classic. Yeah. So when we have 
other type movies, especially if it's an R-rated De Palma movie, and we're playing it three times, those are going in the 9 o'clock slot. So I feel your pain, because often I will skip out on 9 o'clock movies because I like walking my dog around 10 o'clock, and Mm -hmm. then I... I'm in bed by 11, 1130, whatever. That's the problem. That's why you see weird stuff like a rarity. Gwen and I used a couple free passes to go see Thor 4. Oh. Loved it. Yeah, I really liked it too. But they had something. Just as we walked up to hand in our free passes, they had the little monitors above. And they had something screening at 1045 on a Wednesday. And my brain was just like, is anybody going to that movie at 1045 on a Wednesday? Nah. But they just put him in as many time slots as they can. And so that's when you will get to see a horror movie at noon is at the multiplex. Just for us, that's very unlikely to happen. You might be able, if you were closing Candy Bar and you wanted to see a movie right after, you might be able to make that 1045. Might be, yeah. That's the only person I can imagine being there. So that is our movies for the week of August 12th, 2022. We're going to wrap things up because we're excited to go... Maybe watch a movie here at the Mayfair. Maybe, maybe, maybe not, you know. Don't want to make maybe, anyone jealous. We could do a double bill of Mr. Smith Goes to Washington and Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Whoa. And we get Jimmy Stewart <laughs> back on the screen again. We don't have time. We only got like 90 <laughs> minutes before people show up to actually watch movies. That's true. I just wanted to say the title again. Mrs. Harris Goes <laughs> to Paris. I probably won't see the movie, but I love the title. I'm going to get you a shirt. If that exists, I need it. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. You can find up to the second movie showtimes at mayfairtheater.ca. And check out all the social media. If you have a moment, I always forget to do this, but do retweet, five star, etc. our podcast and get the word out there. And we look forward to having you back in here soon to watch some cool movies up on screen at the Mayfair Theater. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Oh, man, I watched that Elvis movie, Baz Luhrmann. Somehow amazing. Not to bet against Baz Luhrmann, but I'm like, man, I didn't think I cared about this. And it was so good. We hope to have it and old movies from Elvis On screen, here soon. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. (laughs) That eerie sensation that you've seen a stranger before. Everyone's experienced it. Call it deja vu. This man calls it terror. Master filmmaker Brian De Palma now creates Obsession. Michael Cortland has denied a nightmare for 16 years. Now that nightmare will have its revenge. What was she like? Elizabeth. She was very much like you. How did she die? I killed her. Cliff Robertson. Jean-Bierre Bougeau. I am Elizabeth. I came to give you a second chance to prove your love. An act of love in its ultimate state becomes the ultimate in suspense. Obsession 